Acts 24, verse 14, Paul is testifying here. And he said, But I confess unto thee that after the way, which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope towards God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Now after many years I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings, whereupon certain Jews, the Bible said, from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult, who ought to have been here before thee and object if they had ought against me, or else let the same here say if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council. Except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. So Paul is not only there to defend accusations that were made about him. In every instance, when he's called before these Roman governmental leaders, what he's doing is testifying about the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money would have been given him of Paul that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus came in the Felix room and Felix willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. You may be seated. Look down at your Bible. There's a, a thought here from this section. It seems like others connected in the same book of the Bible that remind us of what we're preaching about today. Acts chapter 24, verse 25. The Bible said, And as you reason of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time when I have... A convenient season, I will call for thee. He said, I'll do this at a later time. Many times that time never seems to come. In fact, the day comes when it's one day too late. And I'm preaching about that this morning. One day too late. It's never too early to receive Christ. But any day, it just may be too late to take Jesus as your Savior. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, you know just exactly where we are and you know how much ability we have to deliver the message with our voice in the condition it is in this morning. You know all about us. We give it all to you now so we can give our very best in the moments ahead as we try to expound 
and God to give the message that you put before us here today. I ask God that you open the eyes of those who come. I pray that my heart, Lord, will be knit with your heart as we go through the word of God. Lord, would you help us to preach it in such a way that hearts this morning will be drawn to you, those who may be in this service today lost. And Lord, it's sad that they even in a crowd this size, it's likely, Lord, there's some here today that have put off being saved for another day. Maybe the shame or the embarrassment of finally realizing that what they have is not real has overwhelmed their heart. No, God, would you meet with us here today so we might deliver our soul and the scripture and some soul may come to the Savior. Help us with it, I pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you look at this portion, I'm reminded that Satan has many devices to keep people from Christ. And he exercises those tools readily. In fact, deception is a tremendous device of the enemy to keep people from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil will let you do anything. He'll let you become a church member. He'll even let you become a church leader. He'll even let you try to enter into the ministry just as long as you don't take Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the deceptive practices of the enemy have become even more intensified in this hour. How many of you have been saved maybe 30 plus years and you look back now and there were always these religious con men on the radio and on the television. And yet today it seems like they have multiplied like rats and they fill up the airways with their various false teachings about Christ. And some of them gain great notoriety. Be careful when you hear a person say they're a Christian because the definition behind that may not be a biblical definition. There's a very famous reality show that has aired for a long time, as I understand it, through the television networks. And these families professed that they are Christians. Many believers not even realizing that they are part of a denomination that believes that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. And so the deceptive practices of Satan seem to flourish in this hour. Another tactic of the enemy to keep people from Christ is the tactic of delay. And many people have delayed getting saved. They've been in service after service where the power of God was real and the presence of God was very evident. And yet they put off for a moment's time and their own embarrassment or discomfort, the reality that they really needed to come to Jesus Christ and get saved. And sometimes their delay allows Satan to put things into place so they can leave this world without the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's an unexpected tragedy that takes place in the life. A few weeks ago, I was sitting in the bank drive through up here at China Grove that borders the highway. While I was sitting there waiting on the teller to help me, all of a sudden I heard the screech of tires and I looked up and it looked like somebody's vehicle got out of control 
it ventured over into the lane that was coming southbound and collided with another car from what I could tell nearly head on. I wondered if they survived from that tragedy. And so Satan allows that tragedies to come and allows these things as long as you'll put off being saved. Sometimes what happens is the untimely death of someone. That is, their appointment comes before they can take Christ as their Savior. And many know they're going to die, but they just put it out of their mind for the moment. They don't want to think about the fact that they could leave this world, especially if they know deep down in their heart that they're unprepared. And then there's always the possibility that Jesus Christ could come at any moment and it will be too late. If Jesus came today, I dare to say that most everyone here in this building has heard the gospel before. And if you've heard the gospel before and Christ comes, you'll be shut out just as shut out as those were on the ark of Noah when the rain came. Just as shut out as those that are turned to strong delusion and uh, are abandoned by God to endure either part or all of the tribulation period without help or without hope from God. And so I say today, don't ever forget that salvation is available, but it's available right now. It's needed by every individual. Every person that is here today needs salvation The Bible said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God sent his son because every one of us needs salvation. Aren't you glad that through what Christ did, he provided salvation for all men? Romans 10, 13 said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus made salvation free to all individuals. He made it a free gift. Hallelujah for the free gift of God. And so you have in your hearing this morning the opportunity again to take Christ as your Savior And yet so many have bartered with time. They always think there's going to be another day or another opportunity. And yet the vapor of their life vanishes. And how many are we hearing about today who are dying of drug overdoses? And all of them are not drug addicts. Some of them come accidentally in the contact with deadly fentanyl. And as a result, police officers losing their lives and others unexpectedly because of the contact with a deadly chemical. Some have gambled with their own soul and planned somehow that they can make a decision at a later time. And yet you end up losing for all of eternity. I remember I was knocking on doors not too far from here years ago and this man came to the door. He invited us in and uh, he seemed a little bit distraught anyway. And that week in a plant where they process galvanized dip parts, a man had fallen into the vats and uh, by the time they could get him out and fished him out, this man was just bug-eyed as he could be 
telling us about this story. He said when they finally got him out, his skin just seemed to be dripping off of his body. Can I tell you, there's something far worse than falling into a vat for a matter of moments. It's going to hell for all of eternity. That's why we still preach the gospel because hell's too hot and eternity's too long and salvation is too simple for you to miss Jesus and wind up in the place called hell. Oh, I say to you today, one day it's going to be too late to get saved. We used to years ago put on a drama in our church called I Dreamed I Searched Heaven for You. It's a true drama that is written about how that one day many people are going to miss God and they're going to realize they waited too late to take Christ as their Savior. A man wrote a song, I never thought I'd see the day when you'd come to kneel and pray. I never thought that I would see the church house filled to capacity. And outside the door, there's more who have never come before. Oh, what a shame that Jesus came one day before. You tried to live the best you could, try to do the things you should. But when it came to serving God, you said, I still have time to wait. Now it's all turned around. Time to serve him, you found How sad the fate, you find the time now, one day too late. One day, just like in Felix's case, it's going to be too late to turn to Christ. The Bible said he heard Paul concerning the faith in Christ, and yet he did not turn to Christ. He heard the gospel. He heard the message here as Paul preached to him about righteousness and temperance and judgment to come. Righteousness, my friend, about yesterday's sins. The Bible said there's none righteous, no, not one. In fact, none of us can go to heaven the way we are. We've got to have another person's righteousness. And that righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. He pleaded with him to get his sins forgiven and the righteousness of Christ. And then of temperance about today's temptation. Satan has so many ploys to try to reach and enamor the oncoming generation. Felix had every opportunity to take Christ. He was warned about his own wicked life. It's as if he had Paul on his hands, but what he had was the gospel on his hands. Let me say this. It's not just a preacher that you're rejecting. It's Christ that you're rejecting. And Paul reasoned with him of judgment to come. Oh, my soul. He reasoned with him of tomorrow's judgment or future judgment. One day, every one of us are going to have to face God, either prepared or unprepared. And so the Bible said he heard Paul concerning the faith in Christ. He feared. The scripture said, Felix tremble in verse 25. It's not that he just heard. He didn't just sit there and say, oh, I can take that. I can brush it off. It's not going to affect me one bit. No, he actually understood something of the importance of what he's being told here in this passage of scripture. He trembled, but sadly, he never turned. He trembled, but he never turned. In fact, he was convicted, but he was never changed. 
There's a difference between being drawn to Christ and really taking Christ. There's a difference between being troubled and being transformed. Oh, I thank God I left that old place. Uh, condemnation and conviction. I came to Christ uh, and he changed my heart. Oh, I bless his name. He's a God that can still change uh, the old sinner into a saint of God. So Felix put it off. Not only did he fear, not only did he hear, but he also failed. He said, when I have a convenient season, and I want to say that there never will be a convenient season for you to take Christ. What he did, first of all, is he squandered possibly the greatest opportunity because before him was one of the greatest gospel witnesses that history has ever seen. Here's a man that is named Saul Paulus. He's Saul of Tarsus. And his Hebrew name was Saul. His Greek name was Paul. And he had given this man the gospel. This man had a visible and a powerful witness before him. And yet he did not take this opportunity. The seed of God's word was sown in his heart. The spirit of God was evidently at work, but he squandered his opportunity. Not only did he squander it, but it's evident that he resisted the spirit's power. Oh, I've seen it happen too many times. I'd venture to say that through the years, more people that have been in services have rejected the gospel than received the gospel. Even though we have seen people saved, seen them saved in the jail, seen them saved in revival meetings, seen them saved in our church here. But I venture to say probably when we get before the great white throne, we're going to find out that more turn from Christ than actually turn to Christ. And he rejected the Spirit's dealing on his heart. Let me say this, friend. There is no irresistible grace. No, you can turn Christ away. In fact, we have the record of it here before us in the Bible. If God is dealing with you today, I can remember hearing Charlie Gibson say this so many times to people that we witness to. If you feel the slightest tug to move towards God, he said, I'd come to Jesus today and cry out to him and take him as your Lord and Savior. There'll be a day when you won't be able to come to him and a day when you won't be able to cry out to him. And one day death will come separate you from your uh, your loved ones uh, and from this world and from the very last opportunity to take Christ as your Savior. So Felix put it off. And then in Acts 26, Agrippa was almost persuaded. Acts chapter 26 and verse 28, the Bible said, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Throughout this chapter, Paul is giving his testimony. He's telling this man how he has came to Christ. He tells about his past. In verse 5, he said, I lived a Pharisee. In verse 13, he said, I saw in the way a light. In verse 14, he said, I heard a voice. In verse 19, he said, I was not disobedient under the heavenly vision. And then in verse 22, this spans a time, a length of time that was probably about 20 years now that Paul had been saved. And he said, I continue unto this day. Oh, bless the name of God for that kind of testimony. 
and he draws it all to a head in verse 23 when he said that Christ should suffer, that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and so light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Oh, Paul testified and he drew it all to a head in Christ and the death, the burial and the resurrection. Paul said, Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know you believe them. I know you've got some background. And he said, no, Paul, I'm almost persuaded. And I want to tell you to be almost persuaded is to be totally lost. Agrippa now did what Satan desired. He delayed his salvation. He delayed turning to Christ. Paul said in verse 29, listen carefully. Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. Paul said, he said, I wish you were altogether decided about Jesus Christ. And he said, I wish you had the full deliverance of your sins and without these bonds. He said, I wish you were unfettered in Christ and forgiven of your sins and unashamed to make him known. He said, I wish you were like me because I've already decided about Jesus. I know him and he knows me. Amen. And then finally, the last and probably saddest record in the scripture is the record of Judas himself. Did anyone ever endure such light as Judas and yet go out into the darkness of sin? Did anyone ever have such privilege as Judas? Somebody asked me one time, how much light can a person have? A person can stand in the blazing light of the Son of God. How long can they go on in their hypocrisy and profession? Well, I'd say three and a half years in the ministry of Jesus would be like 30 plus years in modern day terms. He stood, my friend, in the presence of Christ. He had obviously made some type of profession. He was baptized, no doubt. He went out with the other apostles. There's no doubt he possibly even performed the same type of miracles. And he gained a position of trust among the apostles. In fact, when Jesus started telling that one was going to betray, nobody looked at Judas and said, no doubt it's him. He played such a good game, played church in such a, such a believable way that he gained a position of trust, yet he played a fool's game. You think about all that he heard and was exposed to. Think about it with me for just a minute. And even in this day, a lot of people who profess to be Christians, they don't care much about praying, really. Or if they get in trouble, they're going to ask you to pray. But they're not going to be in the prayer room on Sunday morning. If they have a, have a need or a crisis, they want you to pray. But they're not going to be down there come Sunday night in the prayer room. Why is that? I don't have any clue why people choose to do what they do. But I do know this. Judas went out there across the brook Kidron over on the side of that hill where the Mount of Olives was, where his prayer closet was. He had heard Jesus intercede and pray to his father time and time again. He had heard those prayers in the nighttime and in the early morning hours. He heard the preaching of Jesus, no doubt. He had heard Christ preach in Matthew chapter seven about one day saying, Lord, Lord, and yet, they will also say, depart from me. 
He cursed it in the everlasting fire. He heard about the man who had not a wedding garment who had to try to show up for the wedding and tried to show up for the celebration. He heard all of that. You say, how much can you know and how much can you be exposed to? You can be exposed to it all and never enter into it. And yet Judas played church. And there's a times though sometimes when God breaks in in mighty power. Seen him do it in revival. Seen him do it in services where people cry out to God. Oh God, I've got to get saved now. Well, I'm blessed the name of God that he can still save. And I'm glad that you don't have to lose your soul for some little 70 year period on the face of this earth. In fact, you ought to make that choice today. If you're not saved, you ought to make that choice today. Hell's too hot. Heaven's too wonderful. And salvation's too simple for you to reject Christ. And I'm sorry about my voice. I can't do much about it this morning. But I did want to convey the message that the Lord had. And I sure will probably preach it again sometime. I want to have my full strength. Let's stand with our heads bowed.